For KVUT, I'm Mike Landis. It didn't happen like it was supposed to. Freshman Congress members were to be sworn in at noon January 3rd. The new members of the 118th Congress weren't sworn in until 1.40 a.m. on January 7th. It took that long for Kevin McCarthy to be voted in as Speaker of the House. Our guest is 1st Congressional District Representative Nathaniel Moran. Welcome. Thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. What an introduction to Washington politics. That kind of logjam would not have happened in Smith County on your watch as county judge, right? That is absolutely correct. But I, I tell you, it was uh, it was indeed a great introduction to uh, the way Washington, D.C. works. Nothing expected. Not at all. And a lot of uh, transparency, though, in the process and was happy to be part of it. Would not have wanted to be anywhere else. Were you surprised at the amount of dissension that was taking place among Republicans? There were the, the five Texas holdouts that really kind of kept this McCarthy thing going for days. Well, I was surprised it got to 15 ballots, no question about that. Uh, I knew it was going to take multiple ballots going into that week uh, to get to a speaker. Uh, but, you know, the essence of that discussion and the debate was not really around Kevin McCarthy, and it wasn't around who was going to lead the party. It was really about rules. And then behind the scenes, even more than that, it was about, to some degree, personalities and the struggle for internal power uh, for the 18, 118th Congress. Ultimately, though— uh, we ended in a good place, a good unified place, and the Republicans are uh, have very much put it behind them and ready to move on to t- take care of the business of the people. Well, since that early morning swearing in, the quest for committee placement has been going on full speed. You've been quoted as saying you were interested in the House Ways and Means Committee. Is that still what you're seeking, or is there something else you'd like to do? Well, what I've what I've done uh, up front is tell folks, look, House Ways and Means Committee long-term is what I want to get on. That is certainly something that is not ever given to a freshman, not really ever given to a freshman. So I didn't expect it this year. Found out this week uh, what my committee assignments are going to be. And uh, so for the 118th Congress, I'll be serving on the Judiciary Committee, I'll be serving on the Foreign Affairs Committee, and I'll be serving on the Education and Workforce Committee. All three of those committees were top picks for me, in particular, Judiciary and Foreign Affairs were of most importance to me and really fit my background Mm -hmm. and my skill set and my desires moving forward in Congress. Has it been hard to connect with folks there, or are you doing okay? Well, I've, I've had a great opportunity to connect with my freshman classmates, and truly, we've already been, gone through a bonding process. We went through a couple of weeks of orientation immediately after the November 8th election. We spent a lot of time together. But then beyond that, when you sit in a room for an entire week together with all of your uh, Republican and Democratic uh, colleagues, you get to know them. And we had those 15 votes that kept us in our seats for almost an entire week, and in between votes— you're visiting with everybody around the room. So you got to know everybody's names and a lot of their faces. And that was, uh, that was very useful because I think relationships are so important to getting things done. And here in Smith County, as county judge, that was one of the things I focused on was first building a foundation of relationships, because if you don't have that foundation, you cannot attack the hard problems. You can't find where the consensus areas are, even across the aisle and find where you can actually be strategic in putting forward uh, bills and measures to solve some problems that are that are in uh, America today. We're not going to be able to do everything we want all by ourselves. We've got to work with other folks within the Republican Party. And as you saw, there's differences of opinion there. And then we're going to have to work across the aisle with the Democrats to get things done because ultimately we can pass everything we want out of the House, but we still have a Senate to deal with and the, and the White House to deal with. So if anything is going to get done in the next two years, we have to find areas of consensus. 
You're representing a redrawn district that Louis Gohmert represented for more than two decades. What kinds of East Texas issues are front burner items for you as the work of the 118th gets underway? During our, our time campaigning across the district over the past year, we heard two major themes. One was about border security. Even though we're not a border congressional district, that was of utmost importance to the folks in Congressional District 1. And then number two behind that really was about the economy and, and more importantly about government spending, trying to rein in government spending, which we need to do. Both Democrats and Republicans need to do that. I think it's disingenuous for us as a Republican Party to say, oh, Hey, it's the Democratic Party that have been spending too too much money. We've we've been doing the same thing, and so it's not a party problem. It's a Washington D.C. problem, uh, regardless of the party. Those those issues I think need to be dealt with immediately. But more specifically to our district, you know, we've got a real problem here with rural broadband. Uh, and when you talk about the ability for individuals to succeed in their lives and to gain access to uh, health care and to education and to business opportunities, uh, the infrastructure that's needed, it used to be roads and bridges and water and sewer. Those were the infrastructure needs. Now, a necessity is broadband. And if we don't have broadband across our Northeast Texas region, businesses aren't going to want to come and place themselves here Folks don't have as many opportunities to engage in their in their faith communities uh, long distance or their or get their health care long distance, which are things that in today's world are happening uh, without question day after day in the metropolitan areas, but not so much in the rural areas. So we have to go back and look at the lessons we learned when we dealt with electrification and reestablish some of those same models and say, how can we ensure that the same economic um, opportunities are available in East Texas? as they are in Dallas and the Metroplex, and we need rural broadband for that. Rural health care comes along with that because so many people, veterans especially, are so far away from a good health care. We've got to make sure that rural health care continues to be at the highest level. We have a very uh, very big problem here in, in East Texas with lung and heart disease issues. We need to continue to provide as much care as we can at top quality uh, as, as possible. Well, with a new medical school coming here and a part of the uh, the marching orders for the people that are going to be a part of that school is that they will stay and practice here in East Texas. Yeah, it's exciting to see the, the new medical school come in and just can't say enough about all the folks at UT making that happen. It's, it's going to be transformative for our community and for all of East Texas because, as you say, and it's true, once people get to East Texas and they understand the great character of East Texas and what wonderful living can go on here and to raise your families here in a world really that offers so much, uh, they're going to want to stay. Now, former President Donald Trump endorsed you for District 1, and as we head toward the Republican National Convention and the general election in less than two years, it's a foregone conclusion that other Republican candidates will emerge to run for the White House. Do you feel obligated to Mr. Trump, or are you keeping your options open? I, I certainly do not feel obligated, and I will keep my options open. And I, th I think what we want to see happen in the next couple of years, the Republican Party uh, always uh, – talks about it being, itself being the, the party of ideas and the party of competition. That's what we want to see. And we want to make sure that the best candidate comes out that can push forward a conservative agenda and can be most effective in making that agenda happen long term. So we'll see what happens. I certainly don't want to try to impose my opinion on the rest of Congressional District 1 and, and say, this is who I think you need to support and, and, and try to push down my opinion. I think there's a lot of great candidates uh, that are going to come out for the Republican nomination for president. 
And uh, folks need to take a hard look at each one of them and ultimately make the decision that they think is best for the values that they want to see um, long-term in the Republican Party. Our guest has been First District Congressman Nathaniel Moran of Tyler, newly sworn in for the 118th Congress. I'm Mike Landis for KVUT.